Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. How we see it becomes how it is for us. What we see in people also exists in us. How you view the world is how you view yourself. And when we judge something or someone, we say that reality is one specific thing. When we judge someone or something, we are judging ourselves. And when we judge something or someone, we say that reality is one specific thing. When we judge someone or something, we are judging ourselves because that is how we feel about ourselves. And when we judge something or judge someone, we say that reality is one specific thing and we focus on one component. Therefore, judgments limit reality. Since we all know reality is extremely complex and there are always many reasons for why things happen. And I always use this, I always compare this to putting things in a small box. Because reality is a huge, endless box. And by judging something, we're trying to make it fit in one small box that we believe represents reality. The consequences of looking at reality from this very limited perspective is that once we've put something in this box, it only moves within this small box. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what aren't we seeing? What aren't we seeing? Because successful, extraordinary people understand magic and miracles are an everyday occurrence. When we believe something to be true, we start treating people differently. And those people are also reacting to the treatment that we're given. Meaning, our beliefs become our reality. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. In last week's episode, I talked about how your belief systems are keeping you stuck and standing in the way between what you truly desire 
And I also talked about the link between behaviors from the past that still influence your present. In today's episode, I will continue to expand upon that because the most successful and extraordinary people that you can think of right now, they replaced their old limiting beliefs with new and empowering beliefs because they know that limiting beliefs can seriously hold them back in life. So they got rid of them and installed new beliefs. And like I said in last week's episode, your conscious and subconscious beliefs They determine how you act and how you act will ultimately result in what you attract. Therefore, you will always behave in ways that are consistent with your beliefs. What you believe in right now about yourself, what you believe in right now about the world around you is setting you up to experience the exact thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that make your beliefs become a reality. Therefore, Where you are right now with your finances, with your health, with your relationships, right now in the present moment is an absolute alignment in direct proportion to what you believe is true consciously and and subconsciously because your beliefs are driving your behavior. Your beliefs determine what you're thinking about right this very moment and they determine what you feel. They determine what you act upon and um, the results you're currently getting in your life. The reality that you are experiencing right this very moment is based upon what on the current beliefs that you're holding on to. You know, because think about this. If something good happens every time you do this specific thing, then you're going to be motivated. You will be motivated to keep doing that thing. You're, motiv- you're, you're, you're motivated to keep doing that thing in the present moment. But if something bad happens every time you do this specific thing, then you will eventually avoid doing that in the present moment. And the most famous psychology experiment to demonstrate this concept was Pavlo's dogs, whereby dogs learned to salivate at the sound of a bell. Every time they heard the bell, they would be fed. And eventually this led to a Pavlonian response, a learned behavior that responded to the bell alone. So let me give you another example. Let's say that, for example, you get nervous every time you think about public speaking or even speaking your truth. Because maybe you have spoken in public before and you've been laughed at or ignored or just feel like you've been ridiculed and it just didn't go your way. So you've learned your place and now you don't, you have no interest in doing that anymore because you're telling yourself, you know, it's going to happen again. This is going to happen again. So your mind is telling you just don't do it just in case you get made fun of again. And that actually happened to me back in Jamaica when I was in speech class. I don't, I think I was probably 13, 14 at the time. And I was so nervous. It was my turn to get in front of the class and give my speech. And I was so nervous. You could hear my knees knocking. I was shaking. My posture was like, I was like slumped over. I didn't really give eye contact to my audience. I was a nervous wreck. And I remember getting in front of the class and I totally forget what I was supposed to talk about. I had, you know, rehearsed what I was saying. I 
I thought I was ready. And then it was when it was time for me to speak, I was for, I just, I freeze, I froze. And then I just remembering this kid in the back of the class just bust out laughing and I got really embarrassed and I ran out and I've been, and I was for years, I was terrified to, to, you know, to do any type of public speaking, to stand in front of my class, to, even when I went to college, I was still, um, terrified to, to, um, do any type of public speaking. And it wasn't until I really started attending Toastmasters. (laughs) That's when I got over my fear of, um, public speaking because I was walking around with beliefs that I um, created in my mind back in Jamaica. I was living from the past and I was looking at myself as an awful speaker because of that one incident. You know, the, the real problem happened was when we internalized that reaction and we strongly expect that to be the same outcome every single time. And that's what happened to me. For years, I expected that, you know, if I ever public, you know, do any type of public speaking again, I'm going to get ridiculed. Someone is ridiculed. Someone is going to laugh at me and I'm going to be embarrassed. And I carried that feeling with me for a very long time until, you know, one day I said enough is enough because, you know, I can't keep living in the past. But when you internalize a certain reaction, a negative reaction, and um, and you expect that to be the same outcome every single time. That's when the real problem happens. And you know why that you know why that's happening? That's because we are literally living in the past. All of your behavior is based upon what you have already done in your life. But you've been secretly hoping. You've been secretly hoping that your life changes but you're not changing what you're doing today. You're not replacing your old beliefs. You're not changing the way you think, which is kind of, is difficult to change the way you think if you haven't replaced your old negative patterns and your old negative beliefs. Most of the fear that we experience is self-created by imagining terrible events in the future based on what we have experienced in the past. And these events have not actually happened but, you know, it, it nonetheless, it, it affects us because we hold them in our minds as images. Our subconscious mind only responds to images. And, and, and when we hold a, hold a certain image in our mind, whether it's positive or negative, we are experiencing that reality over and over again. And we experience the fear in our bodies because our bodies cannot distinguish between real events and vividly imagined ones. So when we repeatedly imagine the worst case scenario, we eventually become emotionally crippled and our body gets stuck in a survival state. And the more you're stuck in a survival state, the more you lose the ability to create an extraordinary life. Because your survival-based emotions do not want you to do things that are empowering for you. Your survival-based emotions do not want you to do things that will create an amazing life for you. And the beautiful thing about it is we know 
based on the way we feel, we know when our life is out of control because we can feel it. We can feel when our emotions are not serving us. So, for example, if you're always stressed out, if you're always anxious or overwhelmed or disappointed or, you know, angry or jealous or worried, or if you're always experiencing sadness or rage, then you're experiencing survival-based emotions. And you know when you're in control of your life. Because you're experiencing emotions such as hope and joy and gratitude and compassion and peace and calm and confidence and excitement and you're optimistic and, you know, so you, you notice, you know, that our emotions and feelings let us know when our life is, is chaotic or if we're in control of our life. And have you ever noticed that when you're in control of your life, you begin to treat yourself better? you begin to do better things for yourself. And the reason the reason for this is the word emotion is derived from the Latin verb emovere, meaning to move. To put simply, emotions lead to motion. And according to the Broaden and Bill Theory in psychology, positive emotions allow us to choose more ways of thinking and responding than those in a survival state. Because when you're positive, when your emotions are positive, it literally heightens and broadens and broadens what you actually explore. So for example, when you are positive, you get new positive thoughts and you you engage in more positive activities. You you have more positive relationships, which in turn allows you to build better social support, which in turn allows you to build better skills and knowledge, which in turn allows you to experience an enhanced life. You know, like better relationships, better health, better financial stability, and so on and so on. So positive emotions cause people to experience wider than usual attention, that which is perceived in your environment right now, as well as cognition. And that is the range of ideas and concepts that you can actually think about right now and action urges what you actually feel like doing. Because imagine this. When you have positive emotions, um, it's changing what you're paying attention to. When you're feeling positive, it changes what you give your attention to. It's, it changes your cognition um, psychology and it's changing what you act upon, which then changes your results, which then change what you manifest in your life. So let's let's say, for example, you woke up this morning and you're feeling positive and, you know, you're, you're having all these positive emotions of love and excitement and contentment. You can't wait to get your day started. You're feeling great. And a morning like this, you're more likely than usual to notice a beautiful sky. Let's say you're walking to work, your workplace is 20 minutes away and you decide to walk this morning because you're feeling amazing. You're more likely to notice a beautiful sky Wow, look at that nice blue sky. And you're more likely to feel the nice breeze on your skin. And you appreciate how beautiful nature is. Your attention is now broadened. You get to work and you're in a meeting with your colleagues and you're coming up with novel ideas. Your cognition is now broadened. 
And then you have different ideas for what to do after finishing work. You're thinking, you know, with your friends, you're brainstorming. Okay, so what do you want to do after work? Now you have broadened action urges. Your positive emotion broadened the scope of your attention and thought. In contrast, <laughs> let's say that you woke up in a bad mood. You know, you're just, ugh, you don't want to go to work. You're, you're just in a really pissed off mood right now. And you're, you just want to go back in bed. You want to crawl back in bed, but you know, you need to pay your bills. So let me get up. Let me get about it. Let, you know, let me get, get out of bed. You're now exhibiting survival based emotions like anger or resentment. In a, in a situation like this, you're more than likely to walk to work in a tunnel vision and you will notice everything that is not working, everything that is wrong. For example, you're complaining about the little pavement cracks. That's narrowed attention. And you're thinking a few other things and blaming the person who is believed to be the cause of the anger. That's narrowed cognition. And then after work, you can't wait to get out of there and just get home. You don't feel like doing anything. That's narrowed action urges. So when you're exhibiting positive emotions, you tend to broaden your interaction with the environment. And you're probably thinking right now, but Nadine, <laughs> I'm a logical person. <laughs> Understand this. No matter how much you believe you're logically driven, every single decision made by a human being is driven by emotions. Um, and neuroscientist Antonio Damasios was able to prove this. He studied people with damage that has like a damage in the part of the brain where emotions are generated, which is called the ventral media prefrontal, prefrontal cortex ventral medial prefrontal cortex. And during this experiment, he made an important discovery. He found that not even an experiment, it was a study. He found that they seemed normal with the exception of not being able to feel emotions, but they all had something peculiar in, in common. They all had something in common. They literally couldn't make decisions about anything. They couldn't explain law. They could explain logic. They could explain logic, but they struggled when asked to make simple decisions like what to eat. What do I eat? You know why? This is because all decisions are led by emotions. All decisions are led by emotions. So your emotions has a lot to do with the decisions that you make. And it has been proven by a neuroscientist that survival-based emotions, such as anxiety and fear, leads us to take less risk and makes us want to make decisions that will reduce uncertainty. That's why it is so important. It is critical to pay attention to this pattern in your life if you want to change. It is very important to pay attention to the patterns that are causing you to experience survival-based emotions, such as fear, anger, resentment, um, you know, just ungratefulness, hatred, jealousy, all those low vibrational fre um, frequency feelings. Those are survival-based emotions. For instance, 
let's say a person fears rejection. You know, they, they, they fear socializing because they don't want to get rejected. That person may face a lonely future because eventually, you know, just by having that type of belief, the, it, it, it may eventually, you know, lead to them not having a social life. So their fear caused them to create the very situation that they initially feared. So when you become, when, when, by becoming more and more inactive, the, the depressed person increases depressed feelings and emotions and research has shown that aggression intensifies anger. And avoidance can create anxiety disorders and withdrawal is the prime driver of depression. And over time, repeated engagement in survival-based behavior can trigger a negative spiral where people manifest the very results they're trying to avoid or diminish. So your worst nightmare is becoming a reality for you due to how you're currently operating in your mind and your body. Is that making sense to you, by the way? So if you're perceiving your reality from the same level of mind every single day and you're reacting to the same circumstances in your life emotionally, then wouldn't you agree then the results in your environment will not change? They aren't changing because you're not changing. So to truly change your life, you must be bigger and greater than your environment. You must be better and greater than the conditions in your life and, and be greater than the circumstances in your world because that's when true change will happen. So when you understand that your, your past self has created this reality called life, then you will understand how significant and important it is to let go of old limiting beliefs if you want to create a new life. And you will understand that it is so important to become aware of the uh, to become aware of the unconscious behaviors that you've been choosing to demonstrate what which are keeping you trapped. You have to, you it is so important to overcome the addiction to your old way of being. There's a story of a guy, um, the story of a time. Um, there's a story of a time a guy came to a new village. Because he wanted to relocate and he was wondering if he would like it there. So he saw an elderly woman and he appeared to her, you know, he, you know, he, he's looking at this woman and he's like, okay, she looks like a local. So let me ask her, do you think I would like it here? Do you think the people are nice? And the elderly woman, um, she asked him, how were the people in the town where you came from? And he instantly replied, they weren't angry and nasty and greedy and negative. They were always cheating and stealing all the time. And so the elderly, the elderly woman replied, those are exactly the type of people we have in this village. The next day, another newcomer to the village approached her. Another, another person who's curious about moving into the village. He approached the same elderly woman and asked the same question. How are the people in the town? He asked her the same question. Do you think I would like it here? Do you think the people are nice? 
and the, the elderly woman asking the same thing. She asked him the same question. How were the, how were the people in the town where you came from? And he said, the people in the town where I came from, they were sweet and they lived in harmony. They cared for one another and for the land and they truly respected each other. And she said, well, those are exactly the type of people we have in this village. How we see it becomes how it is for us. What we see in people also exist in us. How you view the world is how you view yourself. And when we judge something or someone, we say that reality is one specific thing. When we judge someone or something, we are judging ourselves because that is how we feel about ourselves. And when we judge something or judge someone, we say that reality is one specific thing and we focus on one component. Therefore, judgments limit reality. Since we all know reality is extremely complex and there are always many reasons for why things happen. But when we judge something, we we reduce reality by focusing only on one aspect of it. And we say things like, oh, this is not good. He's a failure. Time is, times are tough. There are no opportunities. I, and I always use this. I always compare this to putting things in a small box. Because reality is a huge, endless box. And by judging something, we're trying to make it fit in one small box that we believe represents reality. The consequences of looking at reality from this very limited perspective is that once we have put something in this box, it only moves within this small box. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what aren't we seeing? What aren't we seeing? Because successful, extraordinary people understand magic and miracles are an everyday occurrence. When we believe something to be true, we start treating people differently. And those people are also reacting to the treatment that we're given. Meaning, our beliefs become our reality. Imagine walking down a street that you know very well. As you look up, you notice there is someone that you know on the other side of the road. You smile and wave because you know this person. Just imagine yourself doing that right now but this person totally ignores you. The person continues to walk without giving you the slightest reaction. How does this make you feel? And what thoughts are you noticing right now? Be honest with yourself. You may be thinking, hmm, they don't like me anymore, huh? Am I dressed funny today? Is it the way I look? Did I say it loud enough? Did they hear me? If you're like most people, you will have thoughts like this. What is going on here? Why is he not waving? Is he mad at me? Did I do something? Like all these thoughts are going around in your in your mind. When in fact, he probably just came, is leaving from, you know, his doctor's office because he's experiencing temporary deafness and he simply cannot hear anyone. But your mind is now producing a story of reality. It comes up with this idea and this story about what might have happened, what has been the case, 
what is going on here? It's producing stories all the time. And this happens automatically based upon how we were conditioned. And most of the time, these stories are not true. They may contain some truth. But in some cases, in most cases, these stories are just made up. That's what they are. And this is an example of what's called in psychology as automaticity, which basically means that the mind is producing stories automatically. And researchers believe that about 90% of what we do is automatic. So the big question here is, how can we change our automatic behavior and truly change ourselves? And the only way to break out of downward spirals and advance to the next level is to break the pattern currently causing them. And you can do that by waking yourself up out of the hypnotic trance and becoming aware. Because what we are in life is a pure center of awareness and choice. In next week's episode, I will share with you how to change your limiting beliefs and you will learn a process for rewiring your brain and eliminate the anxiety most people face with uncertainty and the unknown. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode and I'll see you on the next episode. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.